Hey, welcome everybody. This is Luke with uh, LukeHumphreyRunning.com and uh, had some time to actually write some stuff out. been working on some some blog posts and some, some podcast material. So um, now is the time for uh, you can either have growth or you can uh, pull back and, and uh, just wait for everything to be okay. And so I guess I've decided that I'm just going to uh, keep pushing forward. So um, today I'm going to talk a little bit about runners and supplements and partly because I've been on both sides of the argument myself, but also because, you know, as of now, you know, May 11th, 2020, uh, we're seeing a lot of push for vitamins and minerals, um, outside of our, of our normal diet. Um, and you know, it's an interesting thing because it's it's one of those things, again, where I, I just feel like we live in a time where it's either, it's everything is just so binary and, um, and, and it's interesting. And we'll talk about that a little bit because um, you just see, you just see people being chastised for whatever they believe when the reality is there's some truth to what everybody's saying, right? And so... <laughs> And so I kind of want to just explore that a little bit and kind of give you uh, my personal take on it and just kind of what what I do. So, um, so you know, it is that old age old argument, and the two sides will debate until they until they're blue in the face. And you know, th- this argument is old as running itself. But um, the question is, do runners need supplements? You know, and if they don't, why not? And if so, why do they? And which which ones do we need? Uh, and it's certainly a rabbit hole to go down, and I, I've definitely, I've, like I said, I've seen both sides of the argument. I've been on both sides of the argument, and I certainly, I certainly understand that we should strive for real food, right? I'm not an advocate of not eating food, right? I think that's a good thing, um, and I'm not necessarily a fan of getting all our nutrition from a pill. Um, or a supplement, but, you know, and there's definitely people who do that. You know, there's definitely people like, well, I'll give you my daughter's an example of that. She will not eat an apple, but she will take a daily vitamin for whatever reason. I have no idea, but whatever. I don't personally, I don't care because I'd rather see her get something in than, than nothing. And I think feel like the more I push to get her to eat that apple, the less likely that's going to happen. But that's another, another side of the story. But uh, on the other side of the coin, runners are beating their body up with training, and if they don't get perfect nutrition every day, then maybe a little help is warranted. And uh, certainly when you look at the definition of a supplement, it is something that completes or enhances something else when added to it. So when you look at it from that standpoint, it makes sense why somebody who is training at a hard level um, would think that supplementation makes sense, one, to complete the nutrition, and one kind of complete the ability to maximize performance. So the main argument I see against supplementation is the idea that we should eat to strive to eat a well-balanced diet and that will cover our needs. And it's interesting because I'm actually, um, so I recently have gotten certified in general nutrition and then also again in sports nutrition from the International Sports Science Association. And Dr. John Baraldi, Baraldi or Baraldi, he also does precision nutrition, which is very well known in that world. Um, but anyway, very interesting takes. And I think that they're kind of, a, I feel like they're a blend of 
for general nutrition, you're looking at mostly food, but for sports nutrition, there is that avenue to take supplementation. And I'll, overall, I feel like that's where, where I'm at. And then so now I'm reading a book on plant-based nutrition for, for, for athletes. Um, and it's for all athletes, not specifically endurance athletes. And it's interesting this woman is talking about how, you know, she's done Ironmans and marathons and stuff like that. And she comes across as very anti, um, supplementation, anti multivitamin, you name it. Right. But yet I'm reading and I'm reading the details. And then she goes into a story about how, well, her daughters, um, got into a started training really hard it was either in high school or college they started training really hard and they needed to take supplementation which is like it's a special situation right like i'm not you know so i think it goes back to my binary point where it's not always yes or no there's always going to be like well in this situation it would be different than the situation over here and for you it probably be warranted and for you probably not you know it doesn't make much sense so i think that's where we have to kind of go with is really taking that individual approach. And you're seeing that even so much more now when you're seeing like the folks at Inside Tracker and there's other, t other t where you're going with the individualized nutrition, right? You go, you get blood work done and you see where you're at. And I think that's, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But, uh, but in any case, I've often seen nutritionists who work with hard training athletes say that if you want to succeed, you have to have some, some sort of supplementation. And I've seen people who are totally anti, like it's either all food or nothing. And I thought, you know, I think it'll get to a point where there is only so much food you can eat, especially when you're talking about the sheer volume of fruits and vegetables you would have to eat to get the calories that you need to sustain. Life. So I think there's, there's sometimes it gets out, outplayed, right? Like you're looking at calories, you're looking at um, mineral and vitamin content, and it may not always um, match up. But in any case, so I want to explain a little bit where I am coming from. So you have the three E's. The first one is the essential nutrition for survival and basic health. And this is where um, the recommended dietary allowances, the DRI, DRI used to be, or DRA, RDA, used to be RDA, now it's DRI, um, but recommended, recommended dietary allowances, or now it's daily reference intake, I believe. Uh, but these are government-based standards and not meant for achieving optimal health. These standards are based on average nutri nutrient intakes of an entire population. And these guidelines make up the assumption that everyone is already eating a healthy diet and that all nutrition needs are the same. In essence, it is the bare minimum. That's key because that's what it really is. And that's what it's not. It's the essential nutrition just to survive. All right, so then you have the essential nutrition for optimal health, and this would be the next step up from that. And that means higher amounts of vitamins and minerals. It also means the inclusion of non-essential nutrients, but not unimportant. The Things like antioxidants are required in higher doses to fight off our env environmental stresses and to help us recover. So this would be, you know, anybody who's following the American guidelines for exercises. Most days of the week, hour at a time, you know, maybe a little bit more than that. Maybe you're training for your first 5K, something like that, but you're in, you're going to be in that range for the, for those folks. Um, these quantities uh, of these are needed in higher doses in the RDA or, or DRI states of basic survival. And that's the second one. So the third one is essential nutrition for athletic performance. The final level where athletes are required to perform at a peak level, recover from training and from outside stress and maintain superior health. 
So while I may not expect a person training for their first 5K in this category, I certainly would put someone who's training consistently year-round for high-level competitions. And I honestly would even go as far as to say somebody training for a half marathon or marathon. And all obviously, if you were doing that more than once. So that might include even a person who's just getting into the area of training at those kinds of levels. So maybe they've run 5Ks and 10Ks in the past that, you know, pretty low levels of, of, of running they maybe they run three or four times a week but now they're making that next step up into training more consistently at higher mileage and things like that all right so so some examples of vitamins what we're looking at so vitamin c the men's dri is 90 milligrams a day uh women is 75 milligrams the tolerable tolerable upper limit is 2000 milligrams um and so the last one i was talking about for for um Essential nutrition for performance, you, you have something called the PDI, which is the Performance Dietary Index. And so that's going to be much different than what the DRI looks. And so, like I said, vitamin C, you're looking at 75 for women, 90 for, for men, and a tolerable upper limit, which is set by the, uh, by the government, um, is 2,000. But a PDI reference for, for, for high-performance athletes you're looking at anywhere from 500 to 3,000 milligrams, which I know is a big range, but that's where it's still, that, even at that 500, you're five times more than the men's DRI, which is which is pretty incredible. And vitamin D, 15 for both men and women. Tolerable upper limit is 100 micrograms to 4,000 IUs. But the PDI, uh, so, so for vitamin, I'm sorry, let me start that over. 15 micrograms to 600 IUs for both men and women where the tolerable upper limit is 100 to 4,000, uh, and then the PDI is four to 400 to 4,000. So they're saying for performance, the bare minimum would be 400, but obviously you'd have to um, know a little bit more about yourself. B6, folate, and B12, these are all B vitamins, uh, very important for, for endurance runners. You're looking at 1.5 to 1.7 milligrams for B6, but the PDI is 10 to... 100. So 1.5 for women, but the PDI starts at 10, right? So significantly more than what the DRI is. And so if you want to see more of these, these are these are uh, on a table in the blog post show notes of, of this. So you can go ahead and take a look. But it just gives you an idea of what is what's really going on. Uh, and I chose those com those vitamins because they're common vitamins that are important to runners. Um, and as you just obviously, as you can see, there's a big discrepancy between essential amounts needed for survival and what may be required for optimal performance. And honestly, I mean, this seems like this is relatively new with the PDIs coming up with the bigger, bigger ranges of these. And so to be fair, you didn't have much to go on before, say even like 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't that much more. You basically had the DRI. And so it was assumed like, okay, if you could get that, then you're going to be pretty close. But I think with all the emerging research on that, especially with level high level athletes, and then you talk about environmental stresses and things like that, um, these, these bigger limits are much, much, much more needed for, for high performance athletes. And again, don't get caught too caught up on the high performance part. Don't think like, oh, you got to be an elite athlete. I think this is really somebody who's just training um, consistently hard for a long period of time. So like somebody training for a marathon, I think if you're running in that, you're running 40, 50, 60 plus miles a week, you're going to be there. You might not be at the upper range of those things, but you're definitely going to be more than what the DRI says. All right. So, so for minerals, same thing. So calcium, just looking at calcium, 1300 milligrams for both men and women. 
um, PDI, you're looking at anywhere from 12 to 2,600. So basically up to two times what the DRI says. Magnesium, women's at 320 milligrams, men's at 420 milligrams for the DRI. But the PDI is 400 to 800. So again, more than double for women up to and about double for, for men. And then you have phosphorus, selenium, and zinc, all very important minerals for, for runners. Um, and as you can see in the chart in the, in the show notes, those are much more um, much more than what the DRI indicates. So the question becomes then, if an athlete is training hard and eating the appropriate amount of calories, are they getting the nutrients in the amounts that they needed, needed for performance? And I think that if things are perfect, then maybe at least getting a lot closer, right? However, the vast majority of people I work with are not living in the perfect life, but honestly, who is, especially in this time and time. And it's tough to say what they're getting. Plus, we know that individuals vary. We know that. And we also know that the, nutri uh, the nutrients in food can vary widely. And we know that nutrient content in food has decreased over the decades. I've talked about this before, but I have linked an article to the Scientific American, which kind of goes through the depletion of soil from, say, the I think the 50s through the early 2000s. And so you can just see like something like five oranges. You would need five oranges now to get the same vitamin C content of an orange in the 50s and 60s. Um, and honestly, like my, my dad was a farmer um, in the 50s and 60s. And, um, you know, he said basically the same thing, like that you'd have a lot more crop rotation than you do now because different, different crops took different vitamins and minerals. So you take a year off, let those replace each other then you come back and then regrow stuff, but now you just keep growing, growing, growing. And we can make food bigger and bigger and get more calories out of it, but we've really gotten stuck with being able to produce more vitamin content. And it literally comes down to if it's not in the soil, it's not going to be in the food, right? And so you say the same thing for organic. Even though the soil might be cleaner, it doesn't make it any more nutrient dense, right? And so you're getting a cleaner food, but you're not necessarily getting a more nutritious food. Uh, so while I think supplementation gets a bad rep, I don't think, and I don't think that just popping a horse pill multivitamin is the way to go either. I think that you have to know if you are low in anything and you need to know what's in the diet you're eating. And I'd also say that it depends. Like if you, right, right now, it's tricky because you might be low in stuff that you've been training because of training that you were doing and then your race got canceled or whatever. Now you've really just kind of been treading water, as I say, with, with training at a much lower level. You're still getting your fitness in, but you're not, you don't necessarily have those same vitamin and mineral needs, but you're lower because of what you did in the past. So you might need to supplement now because, um, because you were low in the first place. And, and, but then you need to know what those numbers are. I feel like you need to know what those numbers are, right? Um, and I think you can do that through Inside Tracker. And I'm not affiliated with them at all. I just, um, I just look up their stuff. I looked at another one, uh, any lab, any lab tests now, um, and we'll we'll talk about that for a second. But I think that, you know, and then now if you are supplementing, you might not need as much because you aren't training. If your levels are already high and you're not training as hard, you might be able to back off some of that stuff. But like, if you're in the heart of training, and this is where I see like when I. I get a little frustrated when people are just, they're training hard and all of a sudden they feel like crap and they want to blame it on overtraining. But there's so many un variables that we don't know. And one of those variables is what kind of nutrition are you getting in? And that's, that's, a, that's so important that we don't really know the answer to what we do a lot of guessing with. Um, so, all right. So there's two, two prongs to this. And unfortunately the first one 
can be pretty expensive, but it might be money well spent. I love data. Um, to me, it's worth something. And you might be able to get it covered. It depends on your insurance that you can cover. Like I basically have to lose a leg to get anything covered by my insurance, but that's just where it is. Um, but you might have solid insurance. I actually did get blood work done. I bought a life insurance policy and they paid for the blood work. So I should actually go look and see what it actually said. But they approved me, so it couldn't have been <laughs> too bad. Anyway, all right. So uh, if you, like I said, if you have insurance, it might be you might be able to get out of it pretty cheap. But it wouldn't hurt to get some blood work done. Um, a vitamin, mineral, testosterone, and um, iron, ferritin, hemoglobin, all the, all that stuff done. That's a really that'd be a really good place to start. That'll give you a lot of information of where you're at. Um, it's not going to be cheap though. Like I said, I looked at Inside Tracker and I also looked at AnyLabTestNow.com. Again, I don't have any affiliation with them, uh, either one of those. Uh, simply because they're, I did look at the, the AnyLabTestNow. There's one by my office. That's why I looked. Um, you don't need a prescription and you just make an appointment. Uh, but in both circumstances, to get the, just the vitamin and mineral test done, it was anywhere from like three fifty to four fifty, not three dollars and fifty, but three hundred fifty to four hundred fifty. Then you throw an iron test in there. Um, it's going to be more and, you know, you're talking about five, probably like closer to 500 bucks. Um, the other part of that, oh, I did say with inside tracker, I think that they had multiple session discounts. So you could basically buy three tests spaced out and it brought the test price down pretty good, uh, pretty significantly. So, which I think is good because you, this is something you'd want to monitor, not every month because you won't see any changes in a month, but if you want to go every every three to six months and get your blood work done. Um, obviously three months would be, I think three months is ideal, but obviously price plays a big part of that. You stretch that out to six months, but if you're taking steps needed with nutrition and things like that, you should see changes starting within a, a couple months, but a month is too short of an interval. It's not, you're not going to see anything. Um, but again, this might 100% not be required, but I, I think it's a great starting point. And if you can afford it and you have the opportunity, I think it's something you definitely want to look at. Um, I think it's especially true if you haven't felt great, um, you haven't been recovering, your training's been pretty stable for some time. Because it's easy, like I said, it's easy to blame training because that's what we have data for and we can judge the results of that. But it really could be a symptom of underlying problems, which would be potentially vitamin and mineral um, deficiency. All right, so the second prong to this is uh, less expensive, but it, unfortunately you trade that for time consumption, at least at the first part of it. Um, I'm not a huge fan of counting calories overall, but I think it's one of those necessary evils to learn content of what you're eating and be able to judge portion sizes and things like that. So I think it's, it's one of those tools where... Um, like when you first start running, like you really need to be careful of some certain things that after time you can kind of get laxed on because you know what that looks like, right? And so I think it's one of those types of things where you need to teach yourself early on and it's a lot of work early on, but ideally you learn from that work and then you can use your judgment down the road on it. So that's where that's where I feel. But So I, I think it's important to establish baselines. I recommend going, um, you know, something, there's so many out there. I just did a Google, I just did an app search on it. You know, map my fitness is the biggest one. And then there's, there's all, there's my plate, um, which is from Livestrong. Uh, there's dozens of them that you can get. Unfortunately, the big thing though, I feel like is 
the, they're free. And then, but if you actually want nutrient content, you've got to pay premium, which I think is monthly, which, which isn't a big deal. I think if you do it for a month or so and use it, and then you can scale back to the, to the main one. Um, cause you, I've bounced back and forth with my fitness pal when I was, you know, if I was trying to lose weight, I'd pay the premium for a month, really track my stuff, look at it. And then as I got it, as I got a handle on it, I would just back off and go with the, the free version or whatever. And then if I wanted to test again, you know, I'd pop another month in there or whatever. So you can go back and forth, which makes it a little, a little easier. All right. So I think it's important to track at least a few days to a good week. I, that way you can track your nutrient intake for a scope of runs from easy runs to workouts to long runs, get everything covered. Let's see what you're eating compared to what you're doing. Um, and then we can not only see what you're eating for macros, your protein, carbs, and fats, but we can also see what you're getting in for the micronutrients. And we just get a lot more information that's going to be able to, where we're going to be able to pull some stuff from. Uh, you know, the first couple of days you might adjust to match what you think you should be eating. That's what I notice a lot with athletes. Um, but if you just do it over time, you just kind of say, screw it. And you're going to eat normally anyway, which is good, which is what we want. Cause we want to see what a normal day looks for you. And so several days are good to give us averages of intakes and we can take our averages and see where we're doing well and where we aren't, uh, couple that with any trouble spots of our testing. And it really gives us a sense of how, how, and what is actually going on. If you want to get some guidance, doing a nutrition consultation with a coach can be a big benefit. Um, they can show you where you might be lagging, options for getting on track, supplements to consider, meal plans, those types of things. Just give you some good um, decision-making opportunities. Uh, if you make the decision that you want to try supplementation, there's a couple routes you can go. One is working with a nutrition coach, like I just said. Making decisions as a team, and that's how I view it. You work with each other as a team, figure out what's going to work for you. How do we, how do we uh, compromise on some things um, and those, those types of things? Uh, the other is to self-supplement through multivitamins or specific vitamins. If you do the latter, you'll want to make sure that these are third-party verified. Look for the label from USP or the NSF on the packaging. These are the most trusted. These are third-party. Um, I mean, you, that's what, you know, vitamins get a bad rap, and there's a reason why, because a lot of times you aren't getting what you're say what they're saying you're getting my brother-in-law is a good example of this. he's a pretty big bodybuilder and he gets he'll get uh offers from protein companies and they start off and they're real small so look at the best of the best protein right and they'll bring people like joey on and he'll market it for them he'll say yeah this stuff rocks and then they'll blow up right and so in order to keep your profit margins you can no longer buy the protein that you were buying and now you're buying the lesser grade protein, which is, you know, maybe 50% sawdust and 50% actual protein. But, it, and it's not, the problem is that it's not regulated by the FDA like other things are. And so you can get, you can get away with not, you can get away with the lack of quality control, let's just say. Um, but anyway, those two are the most trusted, the USP or the NSF. Um, and secondly, mega dosing is rarely justified and can be dangerous. You can't stress that enough. Like you want to stay under that PDI. If you go above that PDI, you're really running the risk of having too much. You can, you know, like with iron, you can make yourself toxic, you know, things like that. So you really have to be careful of that. And that's why I kind of push working with a coach and even possibly a, a doctor. I do think it's tougher to work with a doctor because you'd have to find one who works specifically with athletes and knows endurance athletes because like ferritin is a perfect example. And I talk about this all the time. Like 
So I have a lot of women who will say, man, I just feel tired. I feel really tired. Training is just not there. They'll get blood work done and they'll just say, oh, my doctor said my ferritin was fine. And so I'll say, well, what is your ferritin? And they'll be like, 10. And I'm like, what? How are you functioning? And they're like, no, no, that's within the range. And you look, and the range from ferritin is like five to whatever it is on the upper end of that, like, you know, 100, 150, whatever it is. And for the average person, that's fine. But for the endurance athlete, a 10 is like, you're like, it's amazing you can even do a workout at that level. And they literally, like I had one woman who went and, and they had a, a blood doctor actually gave her just, she did, I can't remember the name of it, but you just got an IV of, of iron and, or whatever they put in there. And she was, she went from literally thinking, man, I'm not going to be able to run my marathon in a month to running the best she's ever run within a few days. Um, so it can make a huge difference. But the point is you need to have somebody who understands what levels should be for endurance athletes. And that's, that's harder to find. All right. So, um, you know, moving on from there, I mean, today's discussion didn't even cover things like metabolites and botanicals. Those would be things like caffeine, L-carnitine, creatine, glucosamine, chondritin, nitrates. Um, these will have to be for another day. Uh, it's just, that's just another avenue that we'd have to go down. Um, and then when we look at what the government guidelines are providing, we realize that a lot of people need more than the bare minimum. I think anybody listening to this podcast probably needs more than the bare minimum. Um, do you need the full PDI? Maybe not, but most people, you're definitely above what the DRI says. And in an unperfect world, perfect nutrition is a dream for many folks. Quality supplementation can bridge the gap between basic essential nutrition and maximal performance. And I think too, for me, how I view it is it provides um, a safety net. So like I take a, I take a very high quality multivitamin um, and it's actually packaged for AM and PM. So you're not just over overloading the body at one time. And, it, you, and there's only so much your body can absorb at one time. So it's spaced out. It's super nice. It's expensive, but it's high quality. And so I'm willing to do that. And I don't take it every month. I don't take it every day. I probably take, and especially right now, I probably take it every three days. Um, when I'm training hard, yeah, I get closer to that every day, every day mark. But I know my diet's not perfect, right? I, you know, I'm, I'm balancing a lot of stuff. And there's definitely things I can improve with my diet that I'm always trying to work on. But those are my kind of my insurance policy. Um, so I, I, I definitely, I'm not, you know, into doing it every single day if I don't have to. And I really think, I do feel like you're, uh, the vast majority of your nutrition should come from quality food, but we have so many factors working against us with quality food that to me, it almost is just like, even if I take that multivitamin and I eat pretty well for the day, I'm still going to be under the PDIs for everything that I'm taking. So that's, that's how I view it. And if it's just a little bit extra to help me recover better, then I'm all for it. And honestly, I was earlier in my running career. I, I wasn't, I was definitely on that side where like, if you just eat well, then you're going to be fine. And now seeing it being, being on the other side, being a little bit older, still trying to train at a higher level, but balancing all these other things in my life, my nutrition is just, it's harder to be perfect. And that helps it be a little less bad, I guess what you would say. So I get that, you know, like I said, that's how I view it. Um, you know, a person, if a person can, I would say we start with nutrition first and then we go into supplements, but the higher level you are, the more I feel like 
at some point you're going to have to take some type of supplement and whether it's every day, I don't know, but that's where you work with the individual. So, um, so with that, I mean, I guess I will say, you know, I, like I said, I'm spon- I have, I'm not sponsored. I, I did the work. I, I, uh, I am certified from the international sports science Academy, uh, in general nutrition and sports nutrition. Um, I, I can offer nutrition consultations. I've linked those in the show notes if you want to take a look at what we can do for you. If that's an avenue you want to go down, um, you know, maybe you're following the plan in the book and so you don't think I don't need a schedule there, but maybe I could work with my nutrition. That's something we'd love to help you with. So go ahead and check that out. Um, and as always, you can go to LukeHumphreyRunning.com to see everything we offer. But we do offer a general nutrition one. We also offer um, a performance one where we can take a look specifically at what you're doing for workouts, what you're going to do for your race, um, and develop those plans for you to practice leading up to, to race day. So there are a couple different options there for you. So, uh, as always, I appreciate you listening and, uh, I will see you again later. All right. Have a great week. Bye-bye.